Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. This month is the month of June, which in our church means it is our Vision Offering Month. This is a very, very exciting, very, very, um, like you can feel anticipation in your spirit in this month. It's a miracle month. It's a God's on the move month, you know. So what it is, is every year we take an offering that really uh, is taken for the heart of our church, taken into seeing uh, more people reached, more people saved. It is a kind of let's go build the kingdom, get everyone here that we can, make sure people are feeling loved. It's an advance the kingdom offering. And so uh, I really do wanna, uh, I do really wanna specifically speak right now to our young adults and young professionals. Because a lot of the time I remember I'd be sitting here and when it comes to you know, June offering, vision offering, vision for where we're going, vision for our church, vision to see the, the lost saved. I'll sit there and I'm like, this is for the older ones and this is for the wealthy ones. And I'll sit there and I'll just kind of tap out spiritually. Let me tell you, this is for anybody who's saying, okay, this is my church. Okay, it's time to level up. I'm not just coming to come anymore, but no, no, no. I know a God who loves me. I'm deciding that I need to see people come into relationship with Him. This is my church. And so it really is a month where you, uh, each week as people are preaching and teaching on the idea of generosity, you, you'll start to feel your spirit getting stirred. Okay, there's a level up. Okay, this is me. Okay, I'm in. And I remember it was the moment for me where there was this ownership of going, okay, this is my church. This is my church. So to help you on the journey, we have a beautiful, can I grab a brochure quickly? We have a beautiful brochure. It's out in the foyer. It's, thank you, Carl. Can we give Carl a hand? What isn't he taking care of tonight? Best ties and offerings guy in the land. We have a beautiful brochure. It's in the desk, just out in the foyer. You can grab it for you. And it really does outline just the heart of it, the why behind it. And then in it is a very practical, helpful sheet of how to give. So this really outlines it. Now, our vision offering give is on the 20th of June. So it's a couple weeks, which is good. This gives you time to pray. This gives you time to seek the heart of God on it. This gives you time to get a revelation and go, okay, God, what am I doing? What am I giving? There's two components to it. On the 20th of June, there's a once-off offering, but there's also an abil- a way that you can give throughout the year. It's called a faith promise. And so you make a promise of what you wanna give and you fulfil it throughout the year. You can do either or, you can do both, but there is no shortage of way that you can be a part of this. You can call this church your home. You can really say, okay, God, I'm believing for this. Let's go do it. Let's build your kingdom. Let's see your people saved. So it is a very exciting month. Let me encourage you, pray. Let me encourage you, seek God's heart on it. You know, as the young adult pastor, youth and young adult pastor, but specifically in young adults, I've been having so many conversations lately, so many conversations, in fact, multiple a week, where a young adult will say something to the degree of, I feel like I'm doing all the right things They're in a wrestle. I feel like I'm doing all the right things, but I don't feel like I'm living in the fullness of all that God's got for me. And it's it's this wrestle and you can see it. They're like, I'm trying. I'm doing all the right things. You know, they've they've met God, they've given their life to God and, and they're journeying out and they're going, I'm doing all the right things. And yet there's this wrestle, there's this, I'm not living in the fullness or I'm not seeing what I wanna see or I'm not getting what I'm wanting to get or the breakthrough or seeing it happen. or or And my first response to them every single time no matter what the 
the specifics of what they're going through are, my question to them back every single time is when was the last time you genuinely knew the love of God for you? When was the last time, not you felt, not a moment or experience, they're good and you'll have them. But when was the last time you genuinely knew, deeply knew? When was the last time, not that you did your quiet time, although very good and we need it, that's a good discipline to have, but not when was the last time you did your quiet time? When was the last time you intimately knew your God? When was the last time you intimately knew, not just, oh, God loves us all, but God loves you. God has something for you. God wants to move in your life. When was the last time? And then the response generally is the same. I can't remember. And then I go, well, of course. Of course you're in this wrestle because it is so hard to lay down your life for someone you don't know. God never asked you to lay down your life for someone you don't know. God never expected you to lay down your life for someone you don't know. No. God says, know me and the rest comes from that. And so this is why a month like this is so special because it really does, it's a reflection of where our heart is at in knowing God. See, because we get to judge what's our spirit response. What's our spirit response? Do I still know God as my provider? Do I today know God as my hope? Do I today, have I stopped knowing God as my heart's gardener? Have I stopped knowing God as my Prince of Peace? Or am I daily, daily knowing who God is to me? Daily knowing His heart for me? Daily. I'm not talking about, of course, there's complex emotions in that. I mean, if anyone in the room knows about complex emotions, it's your girl here. I'm not talking about even a response. No, I'm talking about your spirit response, your spirit response to it. You know, in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. As you contemplate the Lord, you're being transformed. Not transform, transform, transform. No, no, no. As you contemplate the Lord, as you know your Lord, as you know the heart of your God, then transformation comes. John 14, 15 says this, If you love me, keep my commands. Let's look at the order. If you love me, keep my commands. But what we tend to do is, okay, I got to sort out the will of God I, got to, I put my focus on the will of God. But in 1 John 4 verse 19, it says we love because He first loved us. So if we work backwards here, we, have, we only follow the will and the commands of God because we love Him. And we can only love Him if we first know that He loved us. That's the heavenly equation. So we get caught up on all the will of God. Oh no, I'm wrestling with it. I can't do this. I haven't seen this. Or what about, you know, if I give this and what will happen here? We're worried about the will and God saying, no, no, no. It comes from first you loving me and that only comes. That is on me. You just have to know that I love you. You got to know Him, not just once, not just when things go. You have to know His heart. And in this season, in this vision offering season, if you go to your God and get His heart, you are going to be astounded at your spirit response for what He's saying. Your spirit response to knowing who He is to you. Your spirit response of knowing, hold on, I can do this. Hey, I've got a Saviour who loves me. Hey, I know what I can do. 
In Exodus 5, there's a story where God comes to a man named Moses and says, hey, yo Momo. He's like, yeah, big man G, what's up? And God says, Moses, I need you to go to the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, and tell him that he needs to let my people, the Israelites, go. He can't have them as slaves anymore. I want them to live in freedom. So Moses, you go to Pharaoh, tell him he needs to let them go. They need to live in freedom. And then in Exodus 5 verse 2, Moses goes to the king, Pharaoh, and he says, you need to let God's people go. This is the Word of the Lord. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey Him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. Who is the Lord that I should obey Him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. Number one, when you know God, you know His language. Of course, Pharaoh didn't understand what God was saying or the language of it because he doesn't know God. So of course, he's not gonna know the language of freedom. And when we're in a season like this, if we don't know the heart of our God, of course, the language of generosity won't make sense. Of course, the language of faith won't make sense. Of course, the language of faith over fear. No, no, because there's a language of the world and they are speaking. But when you know your Lord, when you know your God, when you know your Saviour, oh, there's a different language you learn. It's a language of provision. It's a language of goodness. It's a language of freedom. It's a language of knowing your worth. There's a different language when you know the heart of your God. There's a language that comes with that. But you only learn the language by knowing God. You know, my whole life, legitimately at this point in my life, is young people. That's my life. I have seven days in my week, like many of you in the room, and four of them I work, two of them I study. I work at a high school, a public high school in the welfare team, working with young people. And then I work here as a youth and young adult pastor, working with young people. Then I study psychology and social work full time and I do that and apply it to young people. So everything I'm doing, thinking my whole day is filled with young people. And so this weird thing starts to happen where I suddenly start to pick up a new language. I don't speak a lot of the language that you guys speak in here. No, I speak young people language. I speak, you know, skirt, skirt and yeet. I speak a whole different language. And if you're in the room and you have your life filled with young people, you may understand it. If you don't, you may not. Why don't we take a little test? Does this sound good? I'll give you some young people language and you tell me in the room if you know this language or not. Are you ready? Hold on, I need water for this, y'all. This is about to get good. Okay. Here we go. Yo, my friend Stella's drip is snatched, but she's a little thirsty. Honestly, if you want the tea, she can be a bit of a Karen, no cap. Look, our friendship's pretty Gucci, but TBH, she ain't it anymore. She's always making NSFW captions. And even though we're tight, she's just not the goat. (laughs) Young people speak. Put your hand up if you understood that. Put your hand up if you need a translator up on this stage, if you need an interpreter, yes. Okay, see, because when you're intimate, when you're close, when you know, when your everyday is filled with it, when you're seeking it and when you're in it, you start to learn the language of God. And so when you hear something like this, you say, oh, I know faith and I know what it is to just believe in a God that has my back. And so suddenly things just make more sense and you're able, the wrestle starts to calm down because you know the language of your God. You know where it gets sticky for me? 
after the six week school holiday break. And I roll on in to the high school and I'm like, yo, 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 you know, screw, screw, yeet, yeet, yo, bro, YOLO. And they're like, Alyssa, or they call me Miss, unfortunately. I tell them to call me Alyssa, but they go, Miss. That is last year's language. What are you doing? And I have to take, because there's been school holiday break and there's been youth break, I have to relearn the language. But see, some of us, we do this spiritually. We're using last year's language. We're using last season's language. We're using last revelation's language. But God's saying, no, 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 I have new language for you. I wanna give you new download from heaven. I wanna give you new revelation. But we only get it if we seek it. We only get it if we go to Him. We only get it if we ask for it. And if we go, God, I wanna know you. I wanna know your heart. And then our language starts to change. And our language starts to get genuine. And our language gets to start filled with faith. And rather than just declaring it and hoping that the feeling comes, which is still good to do. No, no, we have a different kind of sense of, no, I know this to be true because I know my God. And then number two, when you know God, you know you need Him. When you know God, the craziest thing happens. You just feel like you need Him more. And the more you know Him, the more you realise you need Him. But what we can tend to do is we can tend to focus and fixate on what we can see, which is usually the symptom. And a symptom shows, and we go, why do I have a bitter heart? Why am I open to easily offended? Why am I, why is comparison back? Why is anger back? Why is the fear of stepping out in that big faith way back? Why is, and we focus on the symptom and God's saying, no, 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 just come back to the source. No, just come back to the source. Just actually know me. Don't just go through the motions. Don't just do what you, don't just rely on the service to get a a feeling and a moment. No, 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 seek my heart. Know me, know your Creator, know your God, know His heart for you. When you know Jesus so much, the rest actually becomes foreign. When you fixate on Jesus so much, it starts to feel foreign, the symptoms that you were once dealing with. In fact, when you put your eyes on Jesus and fill up so much, usually what happens is that stuff, without you even realising, you're not focusing on it, you're focusing on Jesus. And before you realise, it's just kind of flushed out. There's just so much Jesus, there's not room for the symptom and it's just kind of flushed out. You know, for me growing up, and I'll get the keys up. For me growing up, I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of hard work, but there wasn't quite money to get us through. There was very limited finance. I saw a lot of hard work and striving, but we didn't quite have the money to get us through all the time. And so gradually growing up, it became quite a pressure point for me. It became something where money wasn't just money to me, but it actually became my sense of safety and security. And so if anything went wrong with it or if anything, you know, I was so worried if anything happened, like if I got a, when I was 20, if I got a parking fine or something like that, my world was rocked. My sense of safety and security was rocked. And I really had to, you know, this was something that I just was so aware of and had to journey through and I didn't want to be controlled by this and I had to, I was trying everything. And then a few weeks before we got married, Jackson sits down to me and he goes, all right, Liz, well, we need to talk about a few things financially. One thing is when I was, you know, his whole single life, he's lived at home and he's kind of, his mum is 
an amazing mum to him and he kind of just got to, you know, give and love in other ways. He didn't necessarily have to pay rent or do groceries, you know. So he was living at home. <laughs> Shout out to Shez. We love you, Shez. So he was living at home. And so he had committed, he had felt God put it on his heart and he'd committed to giving a certain amount every um, year to church that he, um, that was still a faith, a faith thing for him back then, but it made a lot of sense for a single guy living at home. And he sat down with me and he said, so obviously like we have to look at this now and what we want to change it to. And, and he kind of looked at me and he was like, unless you want to, am I reading this right? Unless you want to keep going with this amount. And I looked at him and I go, of course. Of course, we are not changing this. This is what we're giving. You felt this from God and this is what we're giving. And he looked shocked and my response shocked me. And I sat there going, when did that happen? What service did that breakthrough come? I was like seriously sitting there and I was like, what revelation did that? I was like, when did that happen? And I was sitting there, honestly, for like, it took me a few days every time I was washing. I was like, when did that happen? I'm fine. And I started to realise, I just turned my eyes on Jesus and knew my God and I just filled up so much on Him. I just got to know Him so much that it just got flushed away. I just took my focus off it, off the symptom and put my eyes on the source and I just forgot. It just lost its hold because I knew something greater and I knew something bigger and my gaze was fixed on my Jesus. And so suddenly I was speaking the language of faith because my Jesus had flushed the rest out and I was speaking the language of knowing my God and believing Him as my provider because the rest had been flushed out. God just wants us to get so full of Him. The will of God, what He's calling you to in this season, that will come when you go to His heart, to know Him, to know His heart. You'll start speaking the language of people. You'll start speaking the language of others. You'll start speaking the language of salvation, of wanting to see people come to the Lord. And you'll be like, when did that happen? When you went to the source and you just got so filled up. You know, before I was youth pastor for five years, six years, I was a youth leader. And I was youth leading with, at this point, one of my besties, Sam, down here. And um, we had a young girl come into our, our program. She was 16 and she came. Um, and she came um, with a lot of, like some carers and some people because they had to fill us in on her situation. And in all my years of youth leading, I have never seen a young person uh, with the situation and the hardships that she had. She had been greatly abused by her parents to the point where her psychological and intellectual age was well behind her age of 16. And she had a lot of physical ailments to the point where uh, to be fed, she had to go to hospital every day and get fed through a tube. So she couldn't eat meals normal. She couldn't, she, she was gravely suffering. And rightly so, she didn't trust many people. This is what the carers told us. She won't talk to you. She can't even be in the same room as a man. She just will not, she doesn't trust anyone. But would you like to come meet her? We're like, okay. <laughs> so then we went and we met her and 
I believe it was the Holy Spirit in us, but she started to trust us. And so slowly Sam and I became her trusted people. And so we got to a place where we, um, we were quite young at this time, but we would sleep with our phones on loud because it was not unusual to get a 2am, 3am, 4am call and we had to come get her from somewhere that, you know, was not good for her and she was not in a good mental space. And she had so much going on that each week she had a surgery she had to have or there was something new or there was a new development or we realised, you know, we got a call from, you know, her carer who got a call from the doctors or from the social worker saying, hey, look, there's a new thing. There's a new diagnosis. There's a new ailment. There's a new, like, mental health issue. There's just, there was always something new. And I remember Sam and my my heart, they started to break for this girl. And so we would give it all, time, energy, money, everything. And we would pray with everything that we had to God for this girl. Lord God, heal her. Lord God, give her her breakthrough. Lord God, take away her anxiety. Lord God, let her start to be able to sleep. Lord God, heal it so that she can start to eat normal. Lord God, let her start to trust our males. Lord God, just take away the trauma, Lord God. And we started to pray these big prayers. And I remember after months of praying, months of getting the 3am phone calls and talking her, you know, down and all that kind of stuff, months and months and months of it. I remember one day I was done and I was sitting on my, on my lounge and I was just crying and I was mad. I was so mad. God, how could you do this? We have been praying. She is your daughter. I am so done. Why have you not healed her leg? Why have you not healed her social anxiety? Why have you not given her breakthrough in this? Why have you not la la la? And I just remember the whisper of the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are new, the God can speak to you in different ways. Sometimes it feels like a whisper. Sometimes it's a thought. Sometimes it just feels like an internal tug. This one kind of felt like a whisper, a whispered thought. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you're doing good, but switch your prayers from the symptoms and start to pray she knows the source. And so what I did is I sat down with Sam and we decided how do we explain God and salvation to her in a way that she could understand. She loves basketball. So we said, hey, look, what we're explaining is that there is a God that loves her and everyone in this room so much that He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross so that no matter what it is, where it is that you find yourself or what it is that you're going through, that He has taken away sin, He has taken away anything that might afflict you so that there's nothing that stops you from being in relationship to Him. But we've got to explain this to somebody who has the intellect of a three, four-year-old but has a lot of trigger words. So we're, we pray about that for a while. And then we say, okay, she loves basketball. We're going to explain it in basketball terms. So we say, look, in the game of life, there's two teams, a good team and a bad team. There's a captain of each. Sometimes it could look like on the, on the basketball field, basketball court, lol, I'm not a sport person. I did Google sporting terms before we had this conversation, but I say on the basketball court, There is a good team and a bad team. And sometimes on the court, it looks like one, the bad team might be winning, but the scoreboard always says that the good team wins. 
and you can decide which team you wanna be a part of. And so we tried to describe it kind of in that way. And then sitting there with her, she said, I wanna be on the good captain's team. We said, okay, that means saying yes to Jesus as your Saviour. She said, I need that, I want that. And so we sat there and we prayed the prayer of salvation with her, which I'm gonna pray in a little bit. And it's just a simple prayer where she said, okay, do you know what? It was, this one was a very simple prayer where she made the decision, I'm gonna be in relationship with God. I accept Jesus as my Saviour. And the moment we prayed it, I felt the weight of her life go from my shoulders onto her Saviour's. I felt the weight go and say, it doesn't matter, come what may, I just know she's got her God now. She has got her source. She has got the One who who has created her. She's known now and she gets to know Him. And the weight, the responsibility of her life went from my shoulders and I felt Jesus say, she's mine. But for some of us, we're focusing on our metaphorical broken leg. And we're saying, God, why? God, I need this. I need the breakthrough. God, where are You? God, what's happening? God, the wrestle. God, the disappointment that's crept in. God, the bitterness. God, the comparison. God, the anger. And God saying, hey, can You just take Your gaze from the broken leg and just fill up from the source? Hey, can You just leave the symptom and just go to the source? Hey, can You just leave that and just fill up to the point where it'll get flushed out? And one day someone will ask you about it and you'll go, do you know what? I forgot, that just went. Because when you go to your God, when you know your Saviour deeply, intimately, not the motions, not religion. No, when you know your God, things change. Things change. So what I want us to do right now is I want us to close our eyes and bow our heads. This isn't a religious moment. This isn't something that, no, this is so that people have privacy. Because what's happening right now is people are having a moment with God. For a lot of people sitting in the room, something's happening on the inside, in their heart, in their spirit. And as I've been preaching, you're going, do you know what? Yeah, I think I need Jesus. Maybe you've never heard Jesus explained like this. Maybe you've just been so focused on the symptom that you haven't, maybe you've blamed God for the symptom. And you haven't ever known that there was a real God with real love that wants to reach you in your realness. But tonight, I believe tonight's the night where you get to say yes to the love of Jesus, to the salvation of Jesus. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say a prayer and the whole church is gonna repeat it. This is so that again, you as you're having your moment, you can feel safe and secure having your moment with God. Everyone's praying it in solidarity, but you, as you're praying it, you're praying it to God. You're praying it to the One who saved you, who loves you, who wants to be in relationship with you. So we're all gonna repeat, Dear God, thank You for sending Jesus to take away my sin so that I can just know my Lord. Right now, I say yes to relationship. Thank You for Your forgiveness. Thank You for Your goodness. I can't wait to get to know You more. Amen. With everyone's eyes still shut, if that was You, and tonight You said that prayer for the first time, You need that Jesus. If there's really a love like that, okay, well, You need it. 
If that's you, just myself and one or two other leaders are looking around. We're not gonna call you out, nothing. But we just wanna know who we're praying for. So if that's you and tonight you've made that decision, you said yes to relationship with Jesus, just right now, would you lift your hand? Just lift your hand where you are. Amazing decision, amazing decision. If that's you and you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time tonight, just lift up your hand where you are. Amazing, amazing decision, incredible Amazing, incredible decision. Just lift your hand where you are. You need that Jesus. You need that love. Lord God, we thank You for everyone who's lifted their hands tonight. We thank You, Lord God, that that is people getting to know the love of Jesus, receiving real life-changing love from You, Lord God. We thank You that from today forward, they will never know what it is to uh, not be with You, to not have Your covering, to not have Your love. We thank You that this starts the most incredible journey of a life with You. We pray that this week, Lord God, even this week, that they'll start to get to know You. And everyone said. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.